Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. I will never get tired of that. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to Winchester Radio. We're going to be discussing uh, the first new episode of 2015 titled The Hunter Games. Uh, we do not have uh, any other guests tonight. Uh, it's me and Becky and Vinny talking about the episodes. So later on, if anybody's interested, has something to say about this episode or has a question, uh, we will take call-ins and we'll put the number out then. Uh, this episode was written by Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner and directed by John Badham, who I just love. I cannot say the same about Eugenie and Brad. <laughs> However, I did not dislike this episode as much as I've disliked others of theirs. <laughs> um, there was a bunch of stuff I did like, some things I loved, and some things I'm like, are making me cranky. <laughs> so, um, this picked up just about where the other episode ended with Dean killing a bunch of people who held Claire hostage. Um, well, kind of hostage, sort of, I guess. And they were about to sell her, and they were a bunch of bad people, and we were all fine with Dean killing them because, you know, they'd basically worn out their welcome here. Um, everybody's back at the bumper. Bu- the bumper, Lord. At uh, the bunker trying to figure out what to do. Um, every every scene, just about every scene in the bunker and the scenes between Dan, uh, Dean and Sam, I thought were terrific. Um, I'm not as invested in Castiel and Claire right now. And while I think Ruth Connell is wonderful, I'm starting to lose it for Rowena and Crowley. And that's another thing. Three three big stories in one episode is at least one story too many and maybe two. Um, so You know what? I, fi- I figured it out. I figured it out today when what? I was rewatching the episode. What? This is the spinoff. They've given us two spinoffs this season, but they're still in the same show. <laughs> <They're>, uh. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. We've got the Crowley there it show. Is. We've well, got the to Crowley that, show. I say spin them off for show. real. To that I say spin them off for real. Because seriously, yeah. it's like <laughs> and get them out of my show. <laughs> the the Crowley storyline is so far off from everything else. I, I'm sure that it'll be it'll get intertwined, but you know it feels like a completely different show. Ro, you know all of Rowena's stuff, and, and I love the actress, and oh my god, she's so gorgeous, and I could listen to her talk for mm-hmm. hours. But the storyline, it's just, you know, pops in and it's like, okay, let's deal with this. Okay, now back to Sam Dean. You know, and it's just, yeah. no. Okay, here's my thing. And I'm going to be the super unpopular opinion on this. First of all, I actually, and I'm, this is a super, this is a beyond unpopular opinion. I, for the most part, like raw, uh, Buckner Lemming episodes. The problem I find with Buckner Lenning is that they are given episodes to where they don't have a choice but to cram things in, and they're constantly given an episode that should be 
two episodes. You know, it happened with Taxi Driver. It happened with mm-hmm. uh, Soul Survivor. And that's not their fault. Just like we know it happened with with Barons for Girls, Girls, Girls. It's not like he pitched that story. He's a staff writer. He was told, this is you have to make all this fit. So it's, mm-hmm. for me, it's not a writer issue. It's a showrunner issue. Mm. Is that you? You need to you need to either split episodes up or wrap certain storylines up. The Claire mm. stuff, the Claire stuff is not only boring but absolutely ridiculous. It's mm. ridiculous. It makes no sense. The only time it made sense is when Cass goes back to their hotel room. She tells him, you're wearing my father's face and I can't handle this. That is mm-hmm. the only time her story has made sense. Other than that, it's it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. How does she get into that pool hall? How? How does she befriend these two random axe murderers? Why are there axe murderers just hanging around willing to do the bidding for a teenager? I have lots of comments on this. Oh, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Yeah, it does. But you know what? I I actually am not surprised she got in a in a pool hall because you know underage people get into bars all the time. I don't have a problem. Yeah, I don't have a problem. I don't even have a problem with two two those really two gross people like like sort of befriending her and because there's plenty of people who kill or beat up other people for pleasure. She's she looks. She's not. She looks like a vulnerable uh, teenager uh, on her own, and they're like, "Hey, you know, if we, uh, you know, she's she's not uh, someone we can have fun with. Hey, she's she's just told us the whole story about some people that we can. So seriously, Dean Winchester, you guys yes. think you're gonna go up against Dean Winch? Dean freaking Winchester? If you deconstruct you. small parts of it, it's it's doable. Like you said. Yes, underage people get into bars. Yes, mm-hmm. she is canonically nearly 18, and there are some places that will let you in at 18 to play pool, play darts, but you can't drink. Yes, there are people who are genuinely over the age of 21 and look very young, and so they constantly mm-hmm. fight about their ID. Get you know, Yes, I'll mm-hmm. accept that. Or I'll accept these two psychopaths. Or I'll accept... But all of it together is it's moronic. It really is. All of it together is moronic. Bottom line, and we talked about it last episode, Randy sold her off to her face. Why is she still broken up about this? Dean Winchester Yeah. Really never mind that never mind that nobody cares that he killed, you know, extortionist mm-hmm. human trafficking people. Nobody cares. Why do we care? Why is that hmm. I, I don't know. Except sometimes you go with what you know. A- you go with what you know, and you go because you aren't you you're you aren't right in the head. You know, you go back to your abuser. You go back to what you're comfortable with. You go back to what you know. I, I in a very twisted way, I I understand. No, and I agree. That, I just, you have to give me more. You have to give me. You have to give me that. Then don't just mm-hmm. tell me. Like, like you know, Sam is saying, well, yes, they were bad people. No, they weren't just bad people. 
you know, Randy, Randy used her. No, Randy didn't just use her. So the dialogue problems for me tend to be on them humanizing these people who, okay, yes, they're human, but it's that way you feel when you're watching Law and Order SVU and Stabler almost kills the child rapist, and you're like, no, kill him, that's fine. We don't care. <laughs> you know, and it's the same reason, you know, Stabler never lost, I mean, it's TV, but he never lost his shield because everybody always went, well, oh, yeah, no, we kind of get it, dude. It's that same feeling. And don't have mm-hmm. me, don't have Sam Winchester tell me, well, you know, we've all killed, we've had to, but this was a bridge too far. Dude, you drank an entire nurse. <laughs> you drank a person. You drank gallons of blood. Okay, and I'm not saying that's so. That's what gets. That's what, that's. What, uh, I want to go. I'm going to go back to the Claire storyline. Just and I got comments on that. But uh, talking about that, they've killed. So many people before. What does yes. I don't understand what the big deal is about that group of people. I don't know. Especially as we've discussed with the with the with Ruby's blade, they make no effort to exercise anymore. They just kill. Mm. And that's a person. Every time that's a person. Every time. Yeah. So yep. And it'd be different had reason, had if Dean, if Dean had been under the influence of the mark of Cain and had told Sam, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to the grocery store, and while he was there, killed every single person in the grocery store. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. I, this is that would problem. be horrifying. Or, or the local diner, or anything like that, where everybody in there is just minding their own business, buying their groceries or donuts or whatever. That would have been horrifying, and that would have been a mark of Cain. Yes, but evidence this is like not no horrifying. Other. This is, this is, and I get to a degree why they have to do it because it has to be something that we, as an audience, don't turn on mm. Dean for. I, I get it, right. but you have to do. If that's the case, and you have to do better in the dialogue, don't make me feel like, oh, Dean killed these people. How horrible! The horrible part has to be the speed in which he was able to do it, and the feeling he got from it. Mm. You, can't, you can't humanize these people, though, because then you've lost me, because Dean's not foaming at the mouth, like Metatron says, and, you know, ready to kill everything mm. in sight. He's not. He, it, doesn't make, it doesn't work. And going back to Claire, and this is, the, again... I, I feel this is a showrunner issue. In order to tie in the Claire storyline, you expect me to believe that they are so worried about Dean that Cass wants him around Claire alone? Mm. It, it, you, you're, and again, I don't blame Buckner Lemming for it. I blame Carver in terms of your pacing and... You're requiring them to fit so much into one episode. Mm. You don't have to put Cass and Crowley both in episodes at the same time just because they're both regulars. You can yeah. split it up. Yep. Also, and, and uh, with, Dean says, I'm going to make a sandwich and then takes, you know, three hours to make it. And Sam and Cass finally go, hey, wait a minute. 
and eat a waffle to make a sandwich. And that and then after Ooh. all, yeah, and then after all is said and done, Dean's like, okay, I'm gonna go talk to Claire. And so I went, all right, call me, text me on your way back. Like, why didn't you go with him? I know. Why did he go alone? I'm sorry. If I was Brother Winchester's right now, I would have all of our belt loops sewn together. My left belt loop mm. to your right left, left belt loop. You cannot go nope. pee without me, damn it. No. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. And the but, other oh, thing that made sure. me scream Drive was... to the middle was, of nowhere to go meet a teenager. Yeah, and who knows what's going on. And, and yeah, not even... Cass went. Oh God! Anyway, oh. another thing that made me that that made me crazy was that they realized that Dean is has gone after Metatron and he's locked the door and Cass stands there and lets Sam kick it, try the key, <laughs> kick it again, knock on the door, yell, yes. and then it's like, oh wait, that's right, I'm an angel. I can blow the door open. Step aside, Sam. The minute Sam had reached, and I understand Sam getting there first and trying, you know, this is Dean. But the, the the second Cass got there, he should have shoved Sam aside and said, let me in. Or and, at least, okay, Sam gets the first, you know, kick in and it doesn't work. Why are you starting right. to chip away at this door with his, with his human strength? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, silly, let me do it. <laughs> and, uh, and, oh, anyway. here's my other dialogue issue or pacing issue is you literally have Sam Pauk Metatron. You killed my brother. I don't care what happens to you. Oh, no, wait. We have to go save Metatron from Dean. Why? Why? <laughs> I don't I don't think so. I think it was more I need to I need to to stop Dean from from going for it. And actually at that point they were thinking Metatron might be able to help them. So it's sort of like I think Sam was more yeah. after to take care of Dean. Five years ago to... five years mm-hmm. ago Dean told Zachariah, Angel or not, I will stab you in the face and then he did. So who cares? Well, I I'm okay with that part of it, but but yeah, just running to the door and the cat's just standing there and letting, you know, Sam knock on the door, kick the door, try the door, yell at Dean, like, oh, oh that's right, that's right. Gosh, I can actually open this door pretty easily. <laughs> Absolutely and ridiculous. I was sitting so here thinking, love cast blowing they the just door. Showed in, the, in the preview. I was thinking, they just showed in the preview that he can knock down doors with his powers. Why isn't he doing it? <laughs> well, and then here's my other thing. Okay, so you just knocked down the door with your power, and then he turns and says, I have to take Metatron back, and as it is, I have a lot to explain for it. And you are assumed it's because Metatron has been tortured. You're an angel. Mm. Heal the vessel. Take yes. him back. <laughs> Nothing happened. <laughs> as if anybody is going to believe Metatron. Yeah. <laughs> It's so, so I much did love fast blowing the door. I did love that that finally it's so like the hey, there's a little bit great. of the the old cast blowing the door. That's that's awesome. And yeah, I also, the VFX was great, but storyline mm-hmm. VFX don't make a storyline. And my problem no, was actually like going it. back to the Rowena thing really quick. Uh, okay, I think Ruth Connell is adorable. I really do, and it's her real accent, even though you know seems a little over the top. But it's her. It's she is Scottish. My problem isn't her accent, which I've seen other people comment on. It's the inflections 
that she's so mwahahaha. Oh, Yuri, mm. I would never betray you, wink, wink, nudge. What, what, why, why, why? And I can't, I can't figure out if Crowley's on to her or not. And he's, not. he's not. He's not. <laughs> if he's not, I think he's totally how not. is he not? She's literally going wah-ha-ha in his ear. For, I mean, come on now. So if he's on to her... Get her out of your get her out of your kingdom. If you're not, yeah, or oh, Crowley, how the great have fallen. Okay, yeah, I, I have so many. He better. I he so better know. He had better be just. I will be so angry if he doesn't know. He yeah, better he know because be. I will be so upset. One yeah, of my I don't even care that she's his mother. That that would be blind him because no, it's not going to blind Crowley. It's not going to blind Crowley that that she's she's his mother. She no, he's got to be stringing her along. And if she's still around, it's got to be for some reason. It just better be. Or who oh boy, I'll be mad. <laughs> anyway, oh, I think this Becky. this episode. I think it pretty much showed that he doesn't. I mean, unless he's but going I, some long con on her because she's got. At the beginning, she had, you know, the hex bag there that was causing him to have that dream. And, mm-hmm. you know, he would, and there was just so much in the episode where he looked actually scared there at the end when he realized that his dream was a prophecy coming true and that, you know, his people were out to get him. And I love this show. I really do. It's not the show that it used to be, but I still love it. And making the king of hell be a big wimp is just so disappointing. I mean, he's the freaking mm. king of hell. He should, yeah. Metatron should be afraid of him, you know, and instead of the other way around. And uh, just, and then, okay, the Claire, going back to the Claire thing, I was the lone wolf in the crowd the last episode. I loved the Claire storyline. Yeah, I, I loved everything about it. This week, no. No, I do not. <laughs> I, 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 there's this, oh, no. that was fast. <laughs> and, you should just they, listen to me at all times. I keep years of me telling you this. They, you know, I I have hopes that it'll go somewhere in the future mm. since she's not dead and she left. But this episode, no. And that the the couple that she hooked up with, the way they would look at each other and everything, I thought for sure they were going to be but demons. They were demons. Me too. Yeah. I, I was like, like oh, there's no way they're not justified demons. it. Yeah, it's, it's like they're ha- they actually justified it. If they had actually known who Dean Winchester was because yes. they were demons and they were using her for that, and it would have yes. been a great yes. tie-in. I expected no. them to be demons too. I was like, I did too be because I'm going to be honest, the actress was really bad and the actor wasn't much better, and they were playing it again. Yeah. With the whole mwahaha thing. So, like, oh, clearly demons, not demons. And the actor had been in episode before. He was in season three, I guess. I think it was Family Remains. Um, I remember he was the uncle. It, yeah, yeah he, he, he was the uncle in that episode. So, he's been in it before. Um, but, yeah, I thought they have to be demons. Why, why, what's the point of them? Their way they're um, acting also going to say something since, since we're talking about acting, and I'm trying to be delicate about this because she's young, and I'm not sure if it's an acting thing or if it's, you know, some actors have chemistry and some don't, and maybe she and Misha don't, but um, 
I can. I'm spacing on her name too. The actress who plays Claire, Catherine Newton. Catherine. She's not. The, she's not very good as Claire. Oh no, that I would disagree with. I think she's oh, an okay. excellent Claire, and I like her acting, and I like her. I, I like the character a lot, and I like what I and I like what Catherine's doing with the character. I just wish they would give her a more interesting storyline. I was so excited for it, and I loved her in the last one. This one is just See, and I didn't. So yeah, I didn't actually. It was I feel the same way about her. That she's and that, that's the problem. The lines are all there, but the delivery is not working for me. And I don't know if it's a directing mm. issue or an acting issue, but even her telling Cass, you know, you're wearing my father's face and it's so hard, there's just something off about it. And, again, I'm not sure if it's her or if it's the directing, if they're telling her if this is the way the character is supposed to be. I don't know. But Well, she was directed by Guy B. and John Badham, so I'm thinking directing's not a problem. No, not a problem so much. Not, I don't mean a problem. I mean, if this is the way the notes and the script want her to be, then they have, then they direct it in that way, and that's nobody's fault. But again, you look if you're looking at it from a two script point of view, then you're looking at it from a two script point of view, and the only consistent are the showrunner and the actress. Everything else is different. So you have to wonder which it really is because it's not working for me. I don't feel, and I was telling my mother this and, um, uh, you know, not to pimp another product that I do, but I do that round table for screen fat every mid season and end of season. And it's a bunch of us. It's, it's critics, it's bloggers, it's fan site runners. And it's a lot of us. And, you know, these are some people who are journalists for as their job and some of us who just run fan sites and, and in between. And we all kind of had the same things. But one of the things I said that's not in the roundtable, because obviously we all get edited, because if not, it would be like 90,000 words and who wants to read that. But I said I find her at the end of last episode and even in parts of this episode where she does cling to Cass a bit, for me, as a daddy's girl, and I'm a very much a daddy's girl, it's really grotesque for me. It's a monster wearing her father's face. And when he says, I'm a large part of why your life is like this, no, you're the entire part of it. And it's it's really... I don't think they want me to feel as disturbed as I feel, and I really do. It really grosses me out. I find it very bothersome. I don't like it. It really wigs me out. And so I struggle with that in terms of the character and, and in terms of Cass, too, because I think Cass should leave her alone. I really do. Well, he did let her go wandering off hitchhiking on her own at the end, which... Uh, you know, she did not, not think it was a great girl. idea either. What? Yeah, it's not a great idea, but again, she is almost 18, and what is he going to do for her? Yeah, yeah, it's like, well, at least he, he did let her go, but I'm like, you couldn't have dropped her off at the bus station. <laughs> you know. 
she didn't and, have to, but at least she would have been in the, in a, she would have had the chance. She would have had the opportunity and right. she would have no, been in the I place agree. with people and that everything was, else. I, you know, but yeah, whatever. Maybe, maybe she insisted. And, and I, I don't know. And I do feel, you know, again, like I say, you know, Cass bursts into the bunker and tells them, you know, you have Metatron, you're calling Crowley, you're getting the first blade. I don't mean to be an alarmist. And then almost the very next breath, it's, hey, Dean, go talk to Claire from one screwed up person to another. Not only but is hey, that thanks a lot. Yeah, not only is it bothersome, it's like, wow, you're a ass. You just told your best friend how screwed up he is and that he should go console your not actual daughter. I had a lot of you should be various contradicting. It seemed like the dialogue all contradicted itself within one episode, and that I will blame the writers for specifically. Yeah, there were um, there were several little things in the episode that I really liked. Um, mm-hmm. The first one, the song that introduced it. Oh my God! I never heard it before. I liked, a, I, did, I liked it too. I, I liked it. People complaining about it, and I liked it. I, mm-hmm. Every time I, I rewatched the episode uh, twice tonight before the podcast, and I'm sitting here dancing every time you know it comes on because <laughs> it's like it's so good. And I even went to iTunes and bought that song because I was like, I, right, I, I didn't know that, that was. <laughs> I, I, it's it's and, awesome. I, I loved it. It's ELO, Long Dark Road. If anybody listens, Electrical or- Orchestras, uh, Long Dark Road. I thought it was fantastic. And the clips that they put with it, that's probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite then, you know, things yeah. that they've put together ever. I thought it was Okay, that phenomenal. I do disagree with because I thought it yes. was a bit yeah. too long. I know we're coming back from mid-seat, from hiatus, and they have to recap, but I thought it was a bit overly long. Oh, no, oh, if they played the whole so. entire song. Yeah, if they played the whole no, entire song. No, I thought song. it was just great. I was not bored at all. I thought it was terrific. No, no, I, I wasn't, was I wasn't bored. I had no issue but, with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Upon rewatch, it felt a little long for me. Um, but I did like the song. Not enough to buy it, but I did like it. And I saw some people, I saw some people complaining about the song, and I was like, no, you know, I, I, I rather liked it. Um, mm-hmm. and another thing I really liked was when, um, first of all, oh, uh, punk, punk rock chick, uh, Angel, oh, loved mm-hmm. her hair. Oh, my God. Oh, and I her makeup her was hair. fantastic, too. Oh, the makeup yes. was phenomenal. Beautiful. Shout out to, Zab- to Zabrina on that one, because that was really, really cool. Um, and, I liked when, um, and I liked the actress who played the the punk rock angel, because I like I liked that balance of her looking so punk rock, but having that angel inflection. Yes, yes, me too. Um, mm, I thought that I was really, that really lot. cool. I hope and we get to see I, her again. Yeah, um, I did. I did. And like in that. that, in that same scene, oh, this is probably my favorite little tiny moment in the whole thing, when Cassiel's walking Metatron to the car, and Sam comes out. The way that Sam was so good. Out, Oh, it's like so, you know, badass. You know, he was like, "Yeah, it's me." I so good. Know. But again, <laughs> why are we leaving Dean alone? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Why are we leaving Dean alone so much? I mean, it was worth the shot. Shot, but narratively speaking, why? Uh, oh. But I really like 
my favorite scene was probably two, I had two real scenes I really really liked um and then one scene that I don't like because again when I'll get back to dialogue on that but I like the scene in the rain with Crowley but I always have really liked when Crowley and Sam and Dean are in a scene together the dynamic between Mark Jared and Jensen with those characters is something I've enjoyed since Crowley exists, you know, came to exist for us. Um, well, that was going to be my so. shallow moment was what Sam, that was going to be my shallow moment. There. Oh, well, obviously <laughs> like on a shallow level, nobody, if you're complaining about that, I'm going to just worry about your vision. And that's coming from someone who's nearly legally blind. Get your eyes checked. Real uh, quick, I have to interrupt you, but, um, uh, on Dog Dog Paw DK on Twitter, want to know the name of the song again? It's Long Dark Road by Electric Light Orchestra. Long Dark Road. Yellow. Yellow. Um. Um. And also, I really like the scene uh, with Metatron and Dean, where they both when Metatron drops that. I I don't like, and my my mother and I were talking about this when we watched we're watching the episode. I don't like when you have a bad guy who's really that sugary, sweet kind of bad. I don't like it, which I think is part of why I don't like Metatron. It's not that he's a bad guy because there's bad guys and, you know, anti-heroes because I don't like to categorize Gordon as a bad guy, just so much misguided. Uh, and same thing with Henriksen. He was not a bad guy. He just had a real uh, a world point of view that didn't involve monsters. So antihero, antagonist, however you want to categorize it, I don't like that sugary, sweet, oh, of course I'll help you because you're you. I don't like that. So when he dropped it and got really ugly with Dean, that was the first time that I liked Metatron. And when they're threatening each other back and forth, and the whole slugger thing and all that, mm. I really like both of them in that. I love the scene. I thought they both did fantastic. Directing was fantastic. Dialogue was for, I would have to be really nitpicky to pull the dialogue apart. I I liked it. I really, really did. Um, yeah. That, that's, yeah. I, I really, really I enjoyed that. those scenes. Yeah, I, I love that. I love yeah, Jensen, Jensen and Jared, Sam and Dean in this episode, in particular, that scene with Metatron was one of. I love the scene with Sam uh, and and Metatron. I just, yeah, they're they're. I just love the whole and shoulders we'll above everything speaker. else in this. And I yeah, I love, love the keynote. I love the keynote speaker line and Jared's delivery yeah. of it. Was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it the, was a and lot of the, and, yeah, and yeah, it was a stage of Sam. Remember. I yeah, like, I know, Sam I love the buddy, buddy slugger bucko. Yeah, I yeah, like the buddy slugger yeah. bucko buddy thing because mm-hmm. it it just emphasizes how much they are enemies mm-hmm. and the, the condescending yeah. of it. And I love when Dean throws slugger back at, at Metatron. I love that. Yeah. But, um, yep. and yep, again, yep, we're going to go back part. to Yeah, and, and a shallow note again. Sam can sit on that table in with that position for the rest of the series. That's fine. I'm good. <laughs> I don't need yeah. anything oh, else. Just sit on that table with your legs hanging and I'm, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> and I'm good. 
Yeah, I can see them moving the table from, you know, room to room at the bunker, out the car. Yeah, and I know they do it because Jared's so tall and they have to, you know, frame the shot, but it really works. (laughs) Yeah, that and wet hair, Sam, which... Yeah, this is a a good time for if you're a Sam girl. Uh, (laughs) But, um, and I did like... I just like I like Sam being a combination of badass and and protective in this episode, and I guess mm. the only thing that ruins it for me is how much he let Dean be alone, and I just have problems rationalizing that. Mm. But in terms of when he was actively there for Dean, I really really enjoyed that. Speaking of actively there for Dean, I think my favorite moment, and of course somebody. I say GIF, other people say GIF, whatever, um, is when they <laughs> it finally dawns on Cass, he can blow the door and they go rushing in. Sam grabs Dean away from Metatron and picks him up off the ground. Not a lot, but he picks him up and swings oh, I him didn't away. I, I watched it over and over and <laughs> Oh, I'm going to have to go look for that. I didn't notice. I was too busy looking at both their arms. <laughs> it was not bad either, but I tell you, he, he comes in and he puts, you know, one one hand under, kind of under his armpit and the other around to grab the, the blade. And he kind of lifts him up, steps back and swings. I mean, it's not a huge deal. It goes very quick. He might be better off looking for the GIF rather than the scene. Watch scene, watch GIF. Both of them were wonderful. But, but yeah, and he takes him away. And then from there, you go to him him holding Dean with one hand and putting up that one finger. <laughs> that is yeah, like, don't you even think about it, you know? It was so yeah, it was like, great. Do not, do not. But I did, <laughs> like, I did like that. Um, and I... Again, I can't get a grasp on. I can't get a grasp on Cass anymore. I just can't. I don't understand the character anymore, and I don't know if that's purposeful or if it's just. I don't know because you're so worried about Dean, and yet you're going. I'll text you her number. I like texting her emoticons. It was just weird, and it wasn't the same way I feel about one of my favorite lines from an episode that I actually, unpopular opinion, don't in retrospect like entirely, which is Firstborn, uh, which Becky gets, you guys are so, I know you're so sad that you don't get to hear me complain about Firstborn as much as Becky does. <laughs> I don't I don't know how everybody else survives, but ask Becky. It's fantastic how often she gets to hear me complain about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I um you know the the line of, you know, we have a we have a guinea you know, a guinea pig and Nisha's delivery of you have a guinea pig? Where? Is one of my favorite things. Yes, I, I love that. Love I love that, that so much. much. And so, in contrast, the emoticons line is so bad. It's so well, bad. Well, I took I took the emoticon line as he was as he was just he wasn't being serious about what he. I took it as he was like not letting Dean know because he turns around and talks to Sam then about Dean. I took it as he was like you know, oh hey, look over there, kind of thing, you know 
change. You know, I doesn't wanted want to, change. to take it that way. I wanted to take it that way, but I don't think that was a. I that I really wanted to take him take it like. <laughs> but no, I think it's just. I think what they're trying to do is get us to remember that Cass has. Um, quirks, pop culture knowledge, and quirks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in in reality, it just it didn't work for me in the way that you know the the guinea pig line just really worked for me so much. I love that line. I love it. Okay, it's I have my favorite part of that episode. One of my favorite non-cane part of that episode. So, yeah, it was just awkward for me. I have a big question. Maybe y'all can help me with this because this has been bugging me since the episode first aired when I first saw the episode Tuesday night. Okay, so Crowley has put the first blade with his bones <laughs> in his tomb, and it says McLeod right there on the tomb, and yet, uh, you know, why would you do that if the bones are what you burn them and he's dead? Why would you know? I we already and know. I was really you know I was really hoping that that was going to be the whole you know she you know Rowena sends Gerald for the bones and well for the first blade and it's not really the first blade because Crowley was on to her. I really was hoping for that. And then you know because. So is uh, what also you know we know from um you know the past episode weekend at Bobby's that um I, I think it was that one that Sam and Dean you know they went to Scotland and got his but bones. that was but no they didn't get his bones they weren't his right they were at a, they were at a grave in Scotland yes but they weren't Crowley's bones right I thought they were because he packed them up and brought them with him. They gave them to Crowley. And there was another episode that they weren't Crowley's bones, the one um, that you like so much, uh, Cage Teeth. Those were not Crowley's bones. bones. But I thought it, but, no, in, in, the, in the other episode, it's because they burned his bones, and he's like, you really think I'd tell you where my bones are? That was, no, that was in, that was Cage, that was Cage Teeth where they burned his bones, and then he come, when he comes back after we thought he's been dead, and he's like, do you really think, you know, but it was in he 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 bagged up his bones in a like medical bag, Carly did, and left with them. I always just assumed it was complete subterfuge from the very beginning. I always assumed. I'm gonna to have to watch that episode again because I swear, if anybody listening, if you can remember, tell us, tweet us, please call us, whatever. Um, let us know because I swear. He back there, you know, they're in that CGI in front of CGI castle <laughs> that's supposed to be Scotland. Um, in a cemetery, he bagged, you know, he bagged up the bones. Carly did, and left with them. And if if that's true, if I'm remembering correctly, what why on earth would you take them to a tomb that has your name on it? <laughs> you know, and. Uh, I was yeah. I was just like, oh, I don't. Oh, why? Yeah. So maybe I, I, and I like I said, I was really hoping that it was in order to for him to to be on to Rowena and to show to us that he was on to her because it's obvious that she's going to screw him over and then he's going to have to go to the Winchesters for help because 
one of them is a regular and one of them isn't, then it's not Ruth Connell. So, again, obvious is obvious, just like we knew with with Abaddon. As much as, you know, some of us really liked Abaddon, it was obvious who was going to be reigning supreme at the end of that. So I, you know, again, it's 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 a little too paint by numbers for me. Okay, uh, Dogpaw DK on Twitter agrees with me that it was Crowley's Bones and Weekend at Bobby's. So she she agrees with me. Okay. <laughs> I, I would have to rewatch the episode. Okay. Uh, to be sure, uh, or or and again, sure is relative because especially with. Uh-huh. And another one agrees with me. Snazio says, you are correct. Crowley did bag up the real bones and apparently put them in Guam. The bone deceit thing was Cass Crowley deal. And DK reiterates that, yes, it was in caged heat when it wasn't Crowley's bones. Cass burned the wrong ones on purpose. So I am remembering. Well, yeah, I knew he burned the wrong ones on purpose. But did, did Sam and Dean ever have his real bones was my question. Yes, and and well, no cat burns the wrong ones on purpose because he and Crowley were working together. My question right, is, but, did they ever have his real bones? Yeah, in Weekend at Bobby's, they had his real bones, and they and like Monica Hargrove uh, replied on Twitter, she says they gave Crowley his bones for leaving Bobby alone. And R.T. Denise agrees that yes, they he bagged the bones. So yes, everybody. Okay, if Denise, okay, if Denise <laughs> says it, then yes, I believe it. Okay, Not to say anything finally. against the rest of you, it's just Denise is who I tend to go, I don't remember this. Please tell me this because, you know, she's good at it. <laughs> so, everybody yeah, agrees okay. with me, so I'm right. Yay, well, I, thank I, you, everybody. Yeah. Very I'll, I'll accept it from Denise. <laughs> I'll accept it from Denise. <laughs> it's very <laughs> rare that I'm correct, so I, I have to. Yay. Well, <laughs> and everybody knows I have the worst supernatural memory. I really do. <laughs> It's it's just it's a lot, ten years of a lot of information. Oof. I, I'm, I'm not a so person. So um, uh, so there. So my original question stands. Then why would he take his bones and put them in a tomb that has his name on them? Because he's a narcissist. I guess. I guess I, I don't know. I I I mean I'll take it back to to Weekend at Bobby's where I was annoyed that they even had him had his bones available that Sam and Dean got on a plane. Why is Dean getting on a plane? And maybe that's why I blocked it all out because I remember being so annoyed at that. <laughs> uh, some things are just canonically sacred. Uh, the With Crowley, when it comes to Crowley, here's the thing. I want scary, evil Crowley back. Me too. He's he's the freaking king of hell. We should be afraid of him. And I feel sorry for him. You should yeah, not be feeling go, sorry for the hell. And I go back to, again, I, I wrote about this in the roundtable, and so I do want you know other people's opinions on this. So, you know, if you have an opinion, please weigh in. Uh, my current, one of my current issues with Crowley right now is, yes, that I'm not afraid of him at all, that I kind of feel like, not even sorry for him, I feel like, you know, strap on a perio. But my other thing is, is I can't figure out, like with the Dean stuff, if he really, if he really missed Dean, or is it all an act? 
I feel like it's not all an act. So why do you actually miss Dean? Like, it's weird to me. And, you know, he did answer Dean's call right away. And I don't entirely understand. And if you are really missing Dean, like, are you, do you have a weird crush on Dean? Is it that? Or I, I can't figure it out. And I miss when Crowley wanted Sam and Dean dead. And I miss when they wanted him dead. I miss when Sam and Dean used to kill bad guys. You know, I just, I don't understand. And I don't understand it. And I, how do I put this? Like, okay, he was looking at the picture of him and Dean as a demon and pining over it. Are you really pining over Dean? Like, I need them to explain Crowley's obsession with Sam and Dean because it borders on the sexual from Crowley's point of view, but it's also disturbed because at one point or another you've all tried to kill each other and use each other. So I don't under, I don't understand Crowley's motivations in in this season at all. I just don't. And I find it very distracting. Because I just can't figure him out. And no. on the other hand I'm just like, oh it's Mark Shepard. I don't mind because Mark Shepard's on my T V. We're good. But in terms of characterization, I don't understand. And I feel like if there is something to it, they're going a little too long to tell me that, to tell me whatever it is. My, I've been thinking a lot this week. I, maybe it was probably your the round table that got me thinking about things. And Supernatural, I mean, everybody knows it's just not the show that it used to be. You know, you may... You know, there are those who prefer the way it used to be. There's those who prefer the way it is now. I I personally prefer season one through five, and I like a lot of everything since then, but not all of it. Like, I'm just, I love every single teeny tiny second of season one through five. And I think what they need to do, you know, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, you know, Everybody can feel free to disagree with me. But in my opinion, what they could do to get the show better is, you know, yes, Misha and Mark are regulars, but when they are in episodes, they don't have to have as equal time to spread their storyline out. You know, they don't have to have so, you know, you don't have have three entire, like, in Girls, 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 there's four storylines going in one episode. I, I, I remember when the storylines just kind of flowed together, and this year it's mm-hmm. like there's separate, too many separate storylines going on. You know, mm-hmm. they need to, too much in one they, episode. Yes, if they would spread yeah. them out like they used to be to where they would kind mm-hmm. of flow in together, um, it would. I think it would. Just, you know, you could it's even have that. They just don't storyline. have Jensen and Jensen and Jared as much time cut down because, of course, the first five years they were in basically every single scene, and 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 for me, they they are the show. They are Sam and Dean, and they're who I miss when someone else is on the screen, yeah. and and that's what drives the show. So. 
is it just that they and I understand they do they need a need that time need a break it's ten years of a of yeah of of a difficult job so supernatural the show about Sam and Dean that's the show I signed up for back on mm-hmm. you know in September of two thousand five yep. when the very first episode aired I'm sitting here on my couch like oh my god I love the show. That mm-hmm. was what got me into it. That's what's kept me going this whole time. And this season, it's like it's it's not the Sam and Dean show. It's Sam and Dean and Cass and Crowley. And even, I love Cass and Crowley too, but they're not the leads. They're just regulars. And I feel like we've lost the brothers. And and they need. I want I want the storylines to flow flow together, flow better. I want mm-hmm. it's just it's not yeah. the way it's not the it's not the show it used to be. And like I said, other people, you know, you may disagree. You may love the way it is now, and that's perfectly fine. But me personally, this is how I feel, and I miss the way it used to be about Sam and Dean with their friend Castiel and the bad guy Crowley who's trying to kill him. Good, but now. That's yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 it needs to be about Sam and Dean and sometimes I feel like they're not heard um in their own lives, in their own Mm-mm. place, in their own show. It's like they're sort of fighting for attention from everyone else and I could tell, especially for some reason with this episode, it's like every time they were on screen I like I sat up and I was scared and I was worried and I was worried about Dean and I was freaked out and I was, you know, even Dean was hot, you know, like, like going after Metatron, but I was also just terrified for him. And then, you know, like Cass and Claire would come on or, or Rowena and and Crowley. And I don't necessarily want to dislike them, but a little bit of one of those, would have been okay, especially if it needs to be involved. It's like it's like you said, Rowena and Crowley are sort of off in their own place. They aren't tied in with Sam and Dean at all. They sort of, he already kind of has his own thing. At least Castiel and Claire sort of are kind of in Sam and Dean's line of sight, at least. At the moment, you know, Rowena and Crowley aren't. So... Well, and that's why, like I said earlier, I understand that Mark and Misha are both regulars, but that doesn't mean that you have to put their stories in the same episodes mm. just because they're regulars. Right. I'm sure right. that they... part of being, you know, I'm sure this part of being their their contracts is that they're contracted for the same number of episodes. So let's say, let's say 12 episodes, just say. Does it have to be the same 12 episodes, though? Especially with Crowley that you're keeping mm. the storyline so separate. Yeah. It, it, it can, I, don't yeah think, I don't think it has to be that way. If mm-hmm. they're going to be in the yeah. episodes, make their storyline part of Sam and Dean's storyline. Don't have yeah. them off on their own separate thing. And it's this it's the, that's I think that is the main thing that that's bugging me this season. And while I do agree with Stanzio that this season does feel more brothers than last four years on Twitter she mentioned it, I completely agree with that. Um but the thing is we we the they're closer than they have been in a long time. 
but yet mm-hmm. we're not getting as much screen time with them because we're getting these storylines that are completely separate mm-hmm. than theirs. And I, mm-hmm. I really am enjoying the Crowley Rowena storyline. It's a very entertaining storyline. I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going to work out. But it should flow in with Sam and Dean's, and it does it right now. And mm-hmm. that bugs me. And it's 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 about the Winchesters, <laughs> it's about the Winchester brothers, and how they relate to everything and, else. The last time you know, I, I really felt for. Crowley and really loved how he was integrated in the storyline was in Sacrifice when when in in the chose scenes in the church and he's slowly becoming human because you know that's what they need to do to close the gates and what Sam was going through and then Dean comes in and just fits in and flows perfectly in that story and and Crowley even chained to the chair was still scary. And then what he was going through, I actually felt for him a little bit. And I haven't been that emotionally involved with Crowley since, I think. I actually personally hate the dialogue for Crowley in Sacrifice. I hate it so much. Mark's (laughs) delivery of what he was given is, is, is really good, but I hate the dialogue with a passion can't stand it um but i do agree that that's probably the last time that i no the last time that i really cared about crowley specifically was uh when he was going through um when they gave him the storyline of being the blood an actual addict and um huh. last season i i think that's the last time i really enjoyed crowley as a character himself Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I hate the sacrifice dialogue so much. I hate it. Oh, <laughs> well, you can hate it. I don't. <laughs> no, I know a lot of people love it, and it's not—it's not the acting; it's the actual dialogue that I truly mm. dislike. Um, yeah. You know, but um, a bunch of sorry. A bunch well, of stuff this season find, has I gone too fast. That, yeah. I find it, um, going back to, let me explain my issue with sacrifices dialogue. It's a, it's a problem I have with TV in general. I think you have to be very careful to make references in television that are too, um, too currently topical that haven't, yeah, that haven't really gotten to a point where they're the test of time. And I had that issue in Buffy where she, in season seven, she says, well, you know, it's not like I'm, you know, I'm going to get this party started because that song was a big deal at the time. You don't know if it's going to be a big deal in 20 years. So is that is that dialogue going to hold up? And so my problem with it is having the girls reference, which number one, I absolutely hate that show, but also it's it's nearly obscure. And is that going to hold up? we don't know. You know, if I didn't hate that show, if I, if somebody hadn't asked me to watch that show in order to hate it along with them, I would have gotten the joke. And I don't know how much crossover there is in terms of people who watch Supernatural and people who watch Girls. And I, I don't watch Girls. Yeah, I don't. Just don't. It'll make I've me only have read like little comas. It's no, a rage coma. It doesn't seem like Actual. anything I, I want to see. <laughs> and, you know, I, I make no effort to even try it. Um, we have a, we have my, a caller my, yeah. holding. 
<laughs> we have a caller holding. Um, so let's see what's going on. Uh, oh, hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. I'm just radio. Okay. Hi. Uh, my name is Sue from New York. Yeah, I wanted to make a I comment think. about Crowley and how why he cares about Dean. Isn't it because of the blood, the human blood, that makes him sort of human in that he needs companionship, like regular people? And he chose Dean, I think. And now he's lonely. I think he's lonely. I agree with that. I just need them to tell me, is it that? Because I can't figure it out. I'll accept that if they tell me that, but they haven't. I don't feel like the dial. I don't feel like the story has given me that reason yet. And so I, I don't know. I just need to. I just want to know. <laughs> I don't know. I just that. assumed it because the blood is still in him, the human blood. And now it's over to his mother. Although I think maybe he does know what his mother's doing. I don't know. But then does but, he care about Sam in the same way? Because he's always had a little bit of a of an affection towards Sam and a bit of things like that as well. So. Does he feel that way about Sam as well, in addition? No, I think he's just Dean. Because Dean's a, a killer or... I guess he has affinity with Dean, like everybody does for some reason. And he was hanging out with him for six months, and now he misses him. You know, just seems to go. Sam was, the one with him, Sam was the one with him in the crypt and sacrifice, and he wanted Sam to be his companion then. Did he? Oh, it's just yeah. He okay. said that's the whole the whole line that the whole thing that I'm complaining <laughs> about. But you're but you're my moose, Marnie. That's the whole. That is it's. Uh, those are the two best friends in the show. Yeah. Well, I think it just turned out to be Gene because of the mark. He led him to that sort of. I guess. Well, I think it was Dean. It just turned out to be Dean, and now he's lonely. I think that's why he's so such a you know with this this season because of that. I don't think he, before he'd just kill anybody, he didn't care. But now he has a little bit of feelings there. And I think he fans of Winchester to be a lot of fun anyway. <laughs> you know, he's quite cool. But also, I want to make a comment about having all these other stories with, you know, Cass mm-hmm. and Crowley. They're making it more like most shows are. Most shows you have a theme or a a starring actor or actors, and then you have supporting players and you have their stories. So whether it's a procedural or like Castle or even Arrow does that. Right. And, but my and, own, but it's my just not... Is, uh-huh. yeah, it's not working out that well. I don't know. It's always the Sam and Dean show. And I think we're used to that for 10 years. Sam and Dean. And th- even when they're not on screen, it's about Sam and Dean. I agree with you, and I think it's a twofold issue. Is Like you're saying, most shows are ensemble or have one lead. This is a rare show where it's not an ensemble technically, and you have two leads. So because right. it's not technically an ensemble, when you put others in, it's it's an odd mix. And most stories have an A line and a B line, but because they have two regulars, they do A, B, C, and it's a lot for 42 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I think, which is why I said earlier, either just because Mark and Misha are both regulars, I don't feel they have to be in the same exact episodes, though. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I, I, yeah. I, think it, I think it creates an overload. 
Right. Yeah, because in other shows it might be you'll have the main storyline and then you might have something about a supporting player. Right. You don't have to have all different stories. Right, and I think it's I think it's just too much in terms of giving everybody a big storyline in 42 minutes on a show that doesn't technically support that formula. Because when you have ensemble shows, whether it's a 30-minute show like Friends or you have, you know, or Big Bang Theory or whatever, you have your primary storyline and then a small B storyline. And right. you have actors that are contracted to be in every episode. So you can actually revolve it to where, for instance, like I'm, like uh, Law & Order SVU, which I know I keep mentioning, but that's because I'm rewatching it right now. Um you have a show that that is is centered around in the beginning um Olivia and Stabler but you still had episodes where sometimes the story was about Finn and Munch and right. they were the primary detectives for the case but it it was rotating because these are all but no matter what all the characters were in every episode save for a few right. maybe once or twice a season at Pretty, the most I guess but this is not a show that yeah, this yeah, is not a show that's that. like that. Yeah, this yeah. is not a, a show that's like that where... Hmm? Seinfeld. They used to have yeah, a major story, way. one, two, and three, and then in the end, it, everything came together. It was brilliant. I don't right, yeah, you had, yeah, you had, you know, the, the you had, in, in, for example, like the Soup Nazi episode. I've watched very little Seinfeld, but that episode is an episode that I have seen where everybody's encountering the soup Nazi. It's just in different ways. And then at the right. end, it all becomes a thing. Um, and, yeah, like like you're saying, which Supernatural is going to do that. You know right. that it's all going to come, but you're taking so many episodes of everybody encountering a thing. Like, we have, we know that, Rowena, that the Winchesters know who Rowena is. They've already encountered her. So, obviously, it's all going to tie in. They knew Claire, so it all ties in, but it doesn't do it. It, it, it's a show that was such an established formula. It doesn't lend to this new formula. And for example, yeah. we've had we've had regulars in the past. We had Katie Cassidy and Lauren Cohan, who played Ruby and Bella, and were the first regulars on Supernatural in season right. three. It was a huge deal, but they weren't both in every episode. In fact, I can only think of maybe one or one episode, maybe two, where they were both in it. Yeah. Actually, I can't even think of that. And that's the difference. You were able to, you know, Bella tied in with them and Ruby tied in with them, but not at the same time and not in the same episodes and not in different ways at the same time. Right. You, ha- you know. And I think I think that's what the writers are currently struggling with is that they either don't realize or for some reason cannot separate Cass and Crowley from the episodes they're in. And I think Crowley especially, Cass is almost always going to be tied directly to the myth arc, especially in the fact that everything revolves around angels still. But Crowley, they can, his story's so separate anyway, they can stick his story in a Monster of the Week episode very easily. It doesn't disrupt the flow any more than it does now, so why not do it? I, I and I think I think what this show suffers from the most right now is a pacing issue, and you know we can blame we we tend to blame individual writers, but when it's coming 
to be something that's across the board in Miss Arc specific episodes, then you have to stop and look and we're and wonder, is it the writers or is it you know, you how do I explain it? When you walk yeah. into the store, the store is a mess. Yeah, you can blame the employees, but at the end of the day, it's the management that's not enforcing. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll so. get it together sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, because I love this show. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love this show. Next week is Felicia. Yeah. Felicia going dark, so. Okay, yeah, that'll be well, it. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for calling. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. I was I was looking back just talking about you know characters and actors and everything involved in all the episodes and too much going on and I was looking back and two of two of the episodes that are favorites this season at least at least we all seem to really enjoy them um, Ask Jeeves and Hibbing nine one one they both had yes <laughs> they both had very good sized cast in them. It's not like casts, not casts. <laughs> um, they both had Sam and Dean in them. Um, they weren't inhibiting, and they weren't inhibiting quite as much, but they were both in them and they were integrated into the story and there were a lot of other characters and they even worked separately in those episodes, but they were written, I think, and I can say paced so well that I didn't feel it was like story here, clunk, story here, clunk, story here, clunk. It was lots well, going on and a lot of characters and actors, but they were balanced really, really well. So Yeah, and I'm going to say two things that are going to agree with that. Because, again, we're coming off a hiatus, so we had time to process the first half of the season as a whole. And mm-hmm. um, like I said, I, unfair advantage, had to reprocess the season in order to do the thing for screen sad. But that is something I, I noticed and I commented on is, it, you know, you have two regulars and, you know, logically we all understand it so that Jared and Jensen don't have such a heavy workload because after 10 years, it's either, either we help them out or we let it go. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. like, I appreciate the fact that they're still willing to be on my television screen because, they're the only show that I actually make sure that I watch. This is the first time ever, 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 barring like something, me not being home or having to work, a weird schedule, that I haven't um, watched the episode right away, which coming off a hiatus was really strange, but I've had a lot going on in my personal life. And um, so I actually just watched the episode for the first time yesterday. But it's the only show that I care about watching in a very timely manner. So I appreciate them continuing to sign on, and I'm glad we're getting another season at least. And mm-hmm. you know. Me too. But, but, you know, two things. I know that, and Jensen, and both both Jensen and Jared have expressed their disappointment in how short the Demon Dean uh, and I'm, you know what, CW, stop trying to make mm-hmm. demons to stop. But, you know, they're still pushing the, the Demon Dean thing. And I'm like, it's over. It's done. And it was done in three episodes. And I know that they wrapped it up. You know they did it just so they could do the 200th. Because in order to do that episode, Dean had to be better by then. 
And there were a lot of people that were saying, you know, yeah, but, you know, if you hadn't had Sam and Dean in the same episode, people would complain. And I disagree with that because, you know, you just gave the example of two episodes in this season that were able to have Sam and Dean be, be, it still be about them, but not have them so, you know, have slightly lighter workloads, especially with hitting. And you didn't miss them necessarily. I wasn't sitting there going, okay, yeah, yeah, Jody, Donna, get to Dean, get back to Sam. Come on. I didn't feel that way. And, you know, you had a huge ensemble for uh, Ask Jeeves, and I didn't, I, I love it. Dash, he hunts pheasants. He's awesome. Dash can stay forever. Uh, <laughs> so, and going back to the earlier seasons, you know, you have, all Hell Breaks Loose 1 and 2, which are the season ending, and Sam and Dean are not together in those episodes almost at all. Mm. Very, very little are they together in those episodes. And those are two of my favorite episodes ever in the history of this show. So it can be done. It can be done to where you have them, you, you have the ability to give them a slightly lighter workload, but still have the story work. And I think where it got really heavy for them, if you look back at the episodes of the seasons, is season four and five. Because I think the formula of one through three lent for a B storyline that you could pack in more. Because you had, I think you can pack in more of a a quote-unquote B storyline in a Monster of the Week episode versus just having them be side characters in their own show in a quote-unquote Miss Arc episode. And, you know, Jeremy Carver can give all the interviews saying there is no Miss Arc in this season. The Miss Arc is the journey. Okay, but you know, there's a Miss Arc. It's called the Mark of, Mark of Cain. Please, don't insult our intelligence. We are a very smart fandom. So... I just think the problem is pacing and balance. The fact that, you know, like my mother said, she really enjoyed when the angels fell and sacrifice and what that was going to mean. She's like, but why are we still dealing with it a year and a half later? Why is it a year and a half later and Cass's grace is still a thing? Why? I was like, oh, Jeremy Carver. And I make no bones about that. I just don't think Jeremy Carver is a good manager. I don't. He wrote Mystery Spot, one of my favorite episodes. He wrote um, A Very Supernatural Christmas, another spirit. But I, he doesn't always make a good manager. And I think he struggles with management. Hmm. And it's yeah. annoying. <laughs> it's very, very I'm sorry, annoying. what? <laughs> it's annoying. It's very, very annoying. Oh. <laughs> because I just I feel at this point certain things should have already been wrapped up and move on to the next and so it, it concerns me that do you not have another idea for certain characters and that's why you have to drag it out see that's mm-hmm. the thing with me here that's, that's another thing why are okay Metatron was introduced in season eight, seven, eight, and mm-hmm. he's still here Yes, Crowley, my God. Crowley, who we, I love Mark Shepard, but he's been here since season five. And he's supposed to be a bad guy. And it's, it's you know, it, we need to 
get rid of some storylines and introduce some new ones instead of trying to keep the old ones going because we love the those actors. characters or those actors. Yeah, and, I mean, it, for, no matter whether you, however you feel with Cass, and he's a very polarizing character, his story, keep, in order to keep him going, we still have to have the angels, and the angels are done. They're so done. Yeah. And it's like, okay, Walking Dead. Okay, here, here's just an example. Walking Dead, they, um, you know, Spoiler, if you didn't see the season finale, you know, the mid-season finale. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could talk about that yet. I'm so fragile. <laughs> but they kill people off all the time. Yeah. Even people yeah. that are very well loved, like in the last one, they killed off Beth. And, oh, and did I cry. But spoiler alert. <laughs> you know, spoiler alert. <laughs> people, you know, people love her. The, the you know, yeah. cast and crew loved her. Fans loved yeah. her. But yet, it's gonna, you know, we nobody wanted to see Beth go, but it's gonna make an in, a very exciting storyline. To see everybody, re, you, you know, yeah, it is hard, but I, I get it. I agree. That's the exact analogy. Yeah, that's the exact analogy I made to Clarissa the other day because she does not watch The Walking Dead, and I told her, "Are you ever gonna watch it?" She said, "No." I said, "Well, spoilers," and I told her, "This is, you know, this is the example for me of how you." You know, for people who don't watch Walking Dead, sorry, spoilers. But by the time you came into the second to last and mid-season finale, you knew you knew that they were setting it up for you to feel like it was going to be either Carol or Beth that were going to die, and you kind of intellectually knew that it was going to be that it was going to be Beth. Now that said, they killed off Beth for who for me is. One of my favorite was one of my favorite characters, and I always tell people I love Beth before anybody else loves Beth because it took people a long time to get on the Beth bandwagon. You killed her off, and I, I could be angry, but you did it in a way that was so amazing, so wonderful. I cried like a child during that episode, and I'm not mad at, at The Walking Dead for it. I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I'm not bitter. I'm not tweeting them that they were wrong. That they're stupid. That how dare they? because they did it with such finesse and such good storytelling and such good pacing and such good writing that you can't even be mad at it. And and, then, and she's not the first to go like that and to be such right, a wonderful right. and loved and favored character. And it's like, well, you know what? Hey, this is the zombie apocalypse and not everyone's going to survive the entire And there's time. only two characters that we as a, you know, as a, as a Walking Dead viewer assume are never going to die. There's only two. And even then, we don't know. We assume they're never going to kill Daryl and, and Rick. But there might come a time when they do. They and that's know. okay. They might. They might. And we show that you know they, they, they're going to, they, no matter how many times they kill off Sam and Bean, you know they're coming back because the show's not going to exist without both. That's the only one. That's the only time. But any other show you watch where death is a possibility, you mm-hmm. have to be prepared for it. And I think, you know, it's just like, you know, with and make season it, eight. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, make it great. Make it mean something. Right. You know, and, 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 and it's part of why they have to stop and say, because we don't care anymore. Me, but I love it. It's killing me, but See, I... 
I love it. And to me, it's like I adore Mark Shepard, Misha, amazing. But but I'm sorry, I think they both have to go. <laughs> and for the just story, like, you know, Joe and Ellen. They're, they're, Joe they're, and Ellen. I love Joe they're, and Ellen, but if you yep. know, kill kill Joe and Ellen in a way that leaves me like I did with Beth's death, a crying, snotty, disgusting mess. Yep. And it yep. sucked. It sucked. Yep, but it was awesome. Good. It was that good it pain. Was it awesome. was that good pain that yep. TV gives you. Uh, yep, and I think... Even if, not, even if it's not to that degree with Gordon. That was a what? good death. With Gordon, good death. Good death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cassiel, Cass has... They've, they've done, I think, everything they possibly can with him and the angels like you said I believe that story is done don't get me wrong I loved it there were it brought so many wonderful characters and stories and episodes to me but it it's done there was a do you did either of you guys watch Friday Night Lights the TV show I yes I watched part no of, I watched it was nice <laughs> hold on what caveat with why I've never watched Friday Night Lights I can as tell you why Betty never watched it. <laughs> as a Texan who cares about high school football a lot and grew up in that culture, my problem uh-huh. with Friday Night Lights is that it was too good and I couldn't handle it. I couldn't cope. It too was good. Too good. It was too well done. <laughs> so you, and I too tried. Good. It is. And every episode was. I, I understood it too much. I related too much. And oh, good God, how did people watch that show? <laughs> But, so, but yeah, I, Friday Night I, Lights, I, I didn't support I, you because you were so good. <laughs> I, I, know. I loved, I loved that show. It was and is amazing. But they took the characters and the story you, you fell in love with in the first episode, in the first season, and it was totally a different show by the end. And you didn't care because they did it so well. You changed with them. You moved with them. You, 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 you took on new people and fell in love with them too and said goodbye to others. They said goodbye to their main character in oh or third season I think second or maybe it was second season he was gone and you missed him but they were starting I don't say they were starting but he had his character had run its course and if he hung on any longer it would not have served the show well and that show was always about the show and if you lost someone it was like you know what life changes people come and go in your life you can hate it you can be sad you can grieve over it but you got to deal. And, you know, sometimes with a show, it's like you deal is walking away. Well, okay, but um, you've got to do what's right for your show and your story and your characters. And it's kind that's, of a that's exactly, exactly. They, they need to <laughs> they need to they need to put the story first. And, mm-hmm. you know, as much as we love the actors, you know, we, we love Misha, yes. we love Mark, we love uh, Curtis. You know, as much as we love them, you got to look at the storyline and say, you know, these guys have been here for too long. Really, what are we doing with them anymore? And, uh-huh. yeah, remember the good old demon days. Miss those days. And when, you know, and it's just, if you're going if you, if to keep, say, okay, I, if you're going to keep, out of those three, 
I'd say the only one that they would actually keep would, you know, they, I could see possibly Crowley and, of course, Metatron. Surely to God they will finally get rid of them at some point. But if they, you know, I can, and, and I can see them finally maybe killing, doing something with Crowley. But I, I don't really see them doing it, you know, Nisha leaving the show. And so they've got to come up with a way to where he is still relevant to the mm. storyline, but yet not have the freaking angels around all the time. I'm so tired of the angels. When season four happened and when he made his big entrance in Lazarus Rising, and I was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. And Lazarus Rising is still mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited about the Angel Storyline. I had no idea we would still be dealing with them for six years later. <laughs> I know. I can't too believe long. it's been six and, years. And you know what cast I miss? I miss the cast of <sighs> Lazarus. Badass, scary episode. cast. Yes, yes when, he, when, he cast, when he cast, I miss season four cast, and I miss season six cast. I yes, miss. I love. The, the two of my favorite cast moments, absolute favorite cast moments, are from season six. It's when he walks in and he takes the two demons and slams them down by their faces. Yeah. And when the other demon tries to escape and he just forces the demon back into the vessel. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So good. Love that. What happened to that my, dude? One of my favorite. Why, now, he's, now he's going texting <laughs> emoticons. What are yeah. you now? It makes it's just my not- favorite. One of my absolute favorite moments. I I love the moments you mentioned, but one of my most favorite most favorite moments comes from the very beginning, and and Dean's giving him crap, and he just leans over and whispers, "You know, I took you out of hell. I can put you back. You should show yes. me some you respect." And yes. Dean That's scared. Way. I yes, and that scene. you know when it, you know, and to say you know, I only like you know, but you know, in I think it's the ninety nine problems when he's drunk. Is that ninety nine problems? And he leans into Sam and he tells him, "Don't ask stupid questions." I love that moment. I love it. Mm-hmm. But you know, giving him the pop culture knowledge and giving him the humanity and making him go from awkward to dorky. Mm. It it just it doesn't it doesn't work as well for me. It personally doesn't. And if you if know, you know if Castiel is going to stay around, which I'm perfectly fine with that, I want them to bring badass Cast back and give him an actual interesting storyline. Give him a storyline that's relevant to Sam and Dean. And I and, do I do agree with a lot of what was said. Um, during season six and seven, when we, especially seven, when when Cass's storyline was, we would, they tried to make us believe was done, but he wasn't. Um, and I think I lost what I was going to say. Damn it, it was good too. Um, but oh yes, the problem is is that being an all powerful. Angel, it creates the deuce ex machina of, you know, and the same, it's what they're struggling with now. You know, last year you have Sam telling Cass, just take the mark off of him. And Cass being like, I, that's not something I can do. I don't have that ability. 
or, you know, all these things where it's just cast has to now say, I don't have that ability because he doesn't have the same grace or because that's the one thing angels can't do. You have to start giving him weaknesses and it just becomes kind of comical at, at a point where it's the, it's the reverse of the deuce ex machina where it's like, okay, before you could do everything now, what can you even do other than blast open doors and, you know, arm lock someone into submission? What else can you do? And it's, also, it 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 comes down to to the fact that you know we had angels that we still care about. We had Balthazar, we had Zachariah, and they're they're angels that people still talk about. And you know we've discussed before that the joke in fandom is Bartholomew, who because mm-hmm. he was just so forgettable. There's so mm-hmm. many. I didn't like Naomi. I didn't care about Bartholomew. I don't care about any of the angels. No matter how much I like the actor or actress, I simply don't care. And it's, you know, it's not, in a way, it's technically not the writer's fault because you can't just keep remaking Zachariah because, for one, that's Kurt Ford's role. Like, he made that role. But also, if you keep remaking that character, then why, why was he killed off to begin with? It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But you can't really integrate Taff. He doesn't work as an angel and he doesn't work as a human. Because if you as a human, what is he gonna do? He doesn't have the ability to really hunt well. That's not something that comes easily. He doesn't get to keep mm-hmm. his strength. So it just it, it gets to be where you have to, they have to constantly reinvent Cass, which makes his characterization kind of bizarre. And now they're doing it with Crowley. Yeah. Like, I, I, I just, we just need to let it go. Anybody and it's like, calls in and sings a song from Frozen, I quit everything. Just saying. <laughs> um, I, but you know. Um, and in terms of and it, and, it, and it does tie in with this episode because you can't tell me you know it, it's why are we not like I said why are we not killing Metatron who cares and if you want to tell me you know Cass made his decision a long time ago to be on the side of the Winchesters so what does it matter if he pisses off the angels again like he hasn't done that five times already so Mm-hmm. He killed most of them off at one point. Exactly. And never had to pay the price for it, really. And now they all trust him again. So you killed Metatron. And I don't understand. This is and the why do they care really... what condition he comes back in? What care? Why do they care what condition yeah, that's he comes what he back to heaven in? All she said was intact. He's intact. Who cares? Who cares? I just yeah, I can't get over so. I can't get past the who cares and like I said the conflicting dialogue of Sam saying you know what buddy I don't really care what happens to you and to pull Dean off of Metatron you're not giving me enough in terms of it's for it's for Dean's own good when the Dean literally tells Metatron in front of Sam that they will cut it out of him. And Sam didn't say, no, we won't. He just sat there like a menacing bulldog. 
he allowed that. So what did he think was going to happen? And, oh, going back to a dialogue issue, and it ties in with that. I like the line, and it's a nice throw to Revenge of the Nerds, but, you know, him saying the nebbish guy, me, outsmarting the dumb jocks. I am so tired of Sam and Dean being dumb. These are two geniuses. We have established for years that these are highly intelligent men. So it comes, you know, it comes it comes to the point where stop making your protagonist look stupid. And that that's, you know, we'll probably get in most likely we'll get into this next week. Um that's my problem with Charlie as a character. Um I, I it's something that really bothers me. These are two these are not two jock lunkheads. They're not. These are this is a man who rebuilt a car, built an EMS meter out of a Walkman, designed salt shotgun shells with his brother who got a free ride to Stanford somehow while being a vagabond child with no real home address. And they are amazing strategists on top of that. Mm. These are not dumb jocks. They're not lunkheads. It's, it's, it's a problem. And even, you know, you can say it's the dialogue of Metatron antagonizing them, but this is a constant issue with the writing lately that they keep portraying Sam and Dean as stupid. And, you know, them not being able to figure out the, the river is the source riddle. Are you kidding me? Are you I kidding know. me? Duh. <laughs> 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 You know, those are the kind of things that I'm, I just I find it bothersome. You can't you can't tell me your characters are geniuses and then constantly make them look stupid. I'm not saying they have to be infallible, but don't make them stupid. So I think I think it's time that certain storylines get tied up, whether they specifically tie up the characters or not. That's you know, but certain storylines, it, it's time. <laughs> it's time. Yeah. But you know what I mean? If 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 one or both Crowley or Castiel have their end, let's you know send them out with a bang. Make it mean something, yeah. you know. They killed they, off Bobby. Yeah. They killed off Bobby when there was really no need to kill off Bobby. There was no need to kill off Bobby. He's not, you know, he's there was. <laughs> There was no need. There was no reason. And to as him time off. goes by, it, as time goes by, it becomes the most problematic death in terms of storytelling. Yes, because there, there, because you've lost. And this is something else I have a problem with. And 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 our caller Sue kind of touched on it away. Is Sam Dean talks to everybody, and Sam really talks to nobody, and they really had the opportunity to have Sam talk to Jody because they've established that they have a camaraderie, and mm-hmm. but they then they negate it by the fact that Sam didn't even call her to tell her that Dean that he had found Dean and that he had cured Dean, and so mm-hmm. the one thing and the one person that you have that Sam can turn to, he didn't. And, you know, either tell me that Sam doesn't turn to anybody because there's nobody else for him but Dean or have him turn to somebody. But if you don't do one of those two things, you're doing a huge disgrace to a character. And having him have tiny little talks with Cass 
isn't enough because they share tasks. Sam needs his own somebody that he is the. I hate to say this, but it's it's something that you know they touched on with Bobby is that Dean was Bobby's favorite for whatever reason you want to head it or whatever. Dean was Bobby's favorite, and it's time for Sam to be somebody's favorite. Not somebody that they share or is Dean's favorite, but Sam gets to tag along or whatever. Sam needs a real friend or a mm-hmm. real sounding board. Whatever they want to classify it, he needs something. Because right. when something's going yeah. on with Sam, we always get Dean's point of view because Dean talks to everybody about it. But with something going on with Dean, we don't really know how Sam feels because Sam doesn't talk to anybody enough. I wish it would be Jody. I mean, she's well established. Well, not Charlie. I don't want it to be Charlie. But at this point, I'll take anybody. <laughs> Donna, Jody, I don't care. <laughs> Except Charlie. <laughs> I actually did well. We'll get it. We'll get yeah. into it next week, but I want Charlie gone. <laughs> but I've made well, you never about. know. This might be her. Oh, it's not her Robbie Thompson is too in love with his own creation to kill her off. I've already, I've already asked myself to be disappointed. It's okay. And I'm, I'm going back to the original thing. They've killed off people that they didn't need to be killed. Yet there's several people that's still around for years who that, should be killed that have no point in being around and mm-hmm. time to serve the story. So hard they worked so hard for so many years to get Mark Shepard to actually agree to a regular contract because he wouldn't. You know, this was not the the new development was that he actually signed, not that he was asked. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, you finally yeah. get Mark Shepard to, to yourself, and you're doing nothing with him. Yeah, you've you've got freaking Mark Shepard, who's like you've got one of the, the best of modern character. Yeah, and you've got one of the best modern character actors. Right, you know, right now, I can't really you, think of anybody else. And you've turned him into a wimpy crybaby king of hell. And no, no. Mark Shepard deserves way better than that. He deserves so much better than that. Yeah. Yep. And you know when he's it's, technically it's more not gonna happen I just rewatched. Season. Yeah, I just rewatched because I'm doing a Doctor Who rewatch, so I just watched his first episode of Canton Everett the Third. Well, the two part episode. Uh and even as a, a technical good guy, he's more menacing as a good guy than he is right now as a bad guy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. I don't even know how to rationalize that. But well, you know, I think it's like I said. I do think it comes down to a management issue, and you know, uh, oh, I don't know. Supernatural is my favorite show. It will always be my favorite show. I have I watch a lot of TV 
I watch a lot of TV. You ask anybody who knows me, I watch a lot of TV. I have a lot of shows that I absolutely love. But Supernatural will always be number one in my heart. But me too. even... But this, we we know they can do better is the thing. We know they can do better than what they are. Right yeah, now. that's that's the tough thing because you don't... Some, I mean, there's some shows where you just don't expect much. So you're like, hey, that's pretty good, you know, and I'm fine with that. But this show... We hold to very high standards. They set the bar very high for so many years, and we know they're capable, and we know it's possible, and we know that they have the the talent in front of the camera and behind the camera. You know, I mean, their their crew is amazing. Exactly, Jensen and are amazing. It is there, so we 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 know it can be done, and it's it is. I'm. I'm unhealthily emotionally attached to this show. I've mentioned that before. It's always number one with me. But but I don't think that does not mean I cannot complain or point out something that's bothering me. And But I always I want to say, you know, I, I appreciate all the hard work that does go into this and the people. And I realize it is people, real people with real feelings in there. And I appreciate all the hard work that they do, but it's it's okay to say things that aren't working for you. We also have to say right. the good things, and we did. We I we did. I feel like we talked tonight also about things that we really loved about this episode, or at least enjoyed and thought worked. So, and I have, you have to do that too because if if say say who knows who is listening and they go. Or, or to anybody online reading anybody's, you know, uh, reviews or whatever, if you're constantly, constantly of, like, going down one road, I don't think it's taken as seriously, if that makes any sense. And I'm not saying that people are yeah, entitled if to opinion. If you're constantly talking about how wonderful every single thing is, you're lying. Yeah. Or how bad everything is all the time exactly, as well. Exactly. Right. And I think, you so, know, again, I promise this is the last time I'll mention this, but in the roundtable <laughs> for <Steve laughs> uh, we write in a vacuum. You know, Clarissa, who is the managing editor of that uh, publication, who she's been on our podcast as well, um, she, she gives us talking points, and then we write in a vacuum, and then we all individually send her our assessments, and she uh, compiles it into a coherent article and she called me she told me Vinny I don't know what to really do because this is the first time where everybody's on the same page and it's a negative page Mm. and because you know like I said we write in a vacuum so we tend to have different things that we prefer or you know we call upon different moments because you know it's it's nine different brains and she was like, yeah, mm-hmm. everybody pretty much said the same thing, and I don't know what to do. Because she was like, it, it sounds redundant, and it sounds uh, a little depressing. And I told her, you know, you have nine people who are invested enough in this show to care, number one, and to write about it. I said, and the bottom line is, is you have to, and this, you know, this kind of goes back to what you're saying, you have to remember that while we are complaining right now, there's still not one person, and we've been doing this with her for years now, who has told her 
hey, Clarissa, I don't watch the show anymore. Or I don't want to because I don't care anymore. Nobody, and, you know, none of us get paid to do it. You know, she doesn't pay mm-hmm. us. So she has yet to have, we've actually picked up people through the years. Originally there were six of us, now there's nine of us. And so she actually picked up people through the years, but the originals have never walked away. And so I think that's a testament to the show itself, that there's still people that are not only Mm -hmm. watching still, but are still willing to have in-depth conversations, air quote conversations, with her and with each other about it. And when nine people who have been very differed for the past few years all come to similar conclusions, you kind of have to take weight of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we all think we're right, but when you have a compilation of people who are saying the same things, I'm not necessarily saying they're right uh, or that they're a majority, but I'm saying that you kind of have to look at it and say, yeah, these might actually be valid issues. And, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. This show will have to let me go. I can't let it go. <laughs> I just, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that yeah. doesn't mean that it doesn't, you know, that, that just because I love it doesn't mean that it doesn't actually infuriate me sometimes. I yelled at the TV yesterday multiple times, <laughs> yelled at a television set. Yeah. So, you I've know, done but that. Again, it's, <laughs> yeah, but again, it still instills the same level wow. of passion in me. Yeah, it still mm-hmm. instills the same level of passion to me to yell at it because I watch other shows that irritate me but I don't yell at it. I just don't that was annoying anyway. This season is I think it's almost completely written. If not almost filmed. They're filming 16, 17 and I think they're basically written. So, well, writing, we'll see where officially, they're usually pen the last episode the end of March, early April. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're they're headed that way. But, mean, the, but definitely... the end of the season should have been broken by now. If they should have broken yeah. the door by now. Yeah. They're yeah, probably, they I, they're would going, so. the, oh, yeah, I would estimate they're writing probably episode 20 right now. Yeah. And Given they're filming, they're between 16 17. I think sixteen, seventeen. Uh, they're they're filming, filming sixteen right now. Yeah, they're filming sixteen. Okay. Right now. Uh, which means we have we have seven episodes left to film. So hopefully things will begin to pick up, tie up, and somehow some of these things we've talked about actually find their way. I'm not holding to it. Them. Out, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, you never know. Uh, you know, I, you know, and I'm not a holding horrible thing for me to say. Horrible thing, but anybody who keeps up with you know supernatural news knows this. That Jeremy Carver did uh, pitch a pilot for I believe it's NBC Frequency, and I really wanted to get picked up. <laughs> really, really, really wanted to get picked up. Really. Wow. We'll so you're saying you want you're saying you want Jeremy Carver's pilot to coach saying? I'm saying <laughs> everybody watch frequency. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against Jeremy Carver. Love, 
I loved being cool. human that he he and his wife created in um, the the American well, version, and they were the showrunners. I feel like we're on currently watching camp. Being Human, and he he did a, he did a great job, and he did it with his wife. I don't know how the you know how they shared the power or right. whatever, but it was fantastic. One of my favorite shows, and so yeah. It's, it's, it's but it was also developed from another show, so. Mm. But this show had been around. It's kind of the same way how he came onto this. This show had been around for a while when he came on. And like you said it earlier, he wrote some of the best episodes. I remember being so excited when we found out he was, you know, coming on to replace Sarah because we're like, yeah. oh, I love his episodes. Oh, this is awesome. Which is like I yeah. said, some people just aren't managers. Yep. But even the episodes that he does now aren't that great. No, but that he's he's managing them. And that's my other thing, too, you know, going back to that is um, his current episodes are actually some of my least favorites, and he bookends the series. So Mm -hmm. that's a problem as well where I... I I find that his writing, I don't know if it's because he has more creative control than he did when he was working with Kripke, I, I don't know, but I do find that I don't enjoy his episodes now as much as I used to before when he was not the showrunner. And that's... Point. Going back, go ahead, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to find an episode that he's written recently that I do like. So go on. I'm going to check something real quick. <laughs> okay, I was going back to this episode. One thing that okay. I thought was interesting: um, we see Dean with an iPhone. We've never seen Sam or Dean with an iPhone ever. They always have, which is different. Yeah, it's strange because CW's a, a Windows Macintosh corporate uh, affiliate, and but it was an older version because when he goes to answer the phone, it had different, you know, it had the old answer buttons, you know, old answer mm-hmm. buttons on the phone. So it was an older yeah. iPhone. And also, yeah, I, was I thought so, that was weird. I was very excited to hear his old ringtone back. We hadn't heard that in a long Yay. time. Yeah. And I was like, hey. <laughs> that was a good time. Speaking <laughs> phones. I don't I don't know. I mean, there have been some fun aspects to it, like, you know, the caller ID for Crowley and for, you know, Sam and Dean, you know, not Moose or 666. But since when is it so easy to call the king of hell? I kind of miss when you had to, like, strike up the blood phone and make some real efforts <laughs> to communicate. Right. Yeah. You know, I... Apparently hell... Apparently, Hell has a really good, co- really good cell coverage. Apparently, who knew? No, well, really, <laughs> I think they got it about the time they got a back door. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I picture the Comcast. Yeah, people, I'm gonna you know, go ahead yeah, and say really long cable. We're just gonna go right in here, yeah. back door of Hell. I'm gonna go ahead and say, out of the five episodes Jeremy Carver has written since he took over, I only kind of like. I think I'm gonna like it here, and uh, I still have severe issues with that episode. But 
of those five, that one's okay. I like that one a lot. It had so much potential. Mm. It made me really, really excited. And this is a conversation you and I had the other day. Yes. We had do you of- like that episode, or do you like what you thought you were going to get as a result of that's, that episode? That's what I'm saying. It's it, To me, it felt like it was setting up so much, and then it was a disappointment later on. But at the time, right. I really liked it. Yeah, at the time, we did like it. Uh, and even if when I go back and watch it now, I still like it. Uh, it just, mm-hmm. I know what comes after is not so great, but I liked it. Yeah, but and I and I say because that's the, the conversation that Becky and I were having the other day is you know pick your favorite episode and we were just picking favorite episodes at random and there was a few she picked that I said okay now stop and ask me answer me do you like that part of that a part of that episode or do you like that whole episode and we both kind of went oh for a lot of episodes recently um, and I do think that part of it like we discussed clip show which is. Uh, 8.22, we both went, oh, I like Clip Show. And then we went, wait, do we like Clip Show or do we like parts of Clip Show? And it's, it's, it's a weird thing because in the in the recent seasons, there's definitely scenes and parts that I really do like. But I think overall episodes, there's just, I think there's a lot of episodes that should be split up instead of putting so much into one episode. And there's a lot of storylines mm-hmm. that should have already been cleaned up. Another question about this episode. I get that the name is, you know, playing off of the Hunger Games, which I've never seen those movies or read those books. Mm-hmm. But how does the how does it the Hunter Games, how does it play into the episode? I is it because I haven't read the books or seen the movie that I don't get the comparison? Cause you I, could stretch it into a whole survival of the fittest kind of thing. But no, it really didn't. And I've read all the books and I've read the movies. To me, it's more of a, a play on words other than than anything else um, because at best you can say it's it's different teams all striving to win and each team is an individual team and you're not supposed to work together. Uh, which is, which there you go. That's the whole thing that, that's bad about this season. Individual teams. We need them all together. <laughs> I say, now I get but they, it. Yeah, but the thing is, is they are technically, technically working together because, like I said, you know where the Crowley Rolling thing is going. We know where it's going. He's gonna, she's gonna betray Crowley. Crowley's gonna have to go to San and Dean to clean up his mess for him, and blah de blah, because Mark Shepard's probably gonna be a right. I'm sure he's still a regular, so. You can't kill, can't kill Crowley. Which I say, why the hell not? I love Mark Shepard. <laughs> I love him a lot, but oh my god, do something with his with his character or kill him off. Yeah, you're yep. you're wasting Mark Shepard, and there is you, you really really are. Travesty. He could be, he could be either let him kick ass on this show. Or let him go. Let him go kick ass on another show. Right now, he's not kicking anybody's ass. He's just being a win. <laughs> well, I mean, he did tweet that his contract allows him to do three episodes of other things. Hey, Mark, go do that, please. Thanks. <laughs> right. Right. And you look. And you know, here's the thing. You look so good right now. So go do something. Cause you look good. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I said, you know, and that's the thing I said. Um, I lied. This is not, that was not my last reference to the round table. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I said, you know, the thing with Mark Shepard as Crowley is, it's kind of like Spike in Buffy is, for a while you kept going, why are you still here? You should be dead. But, you know, he's snarky, he's witty, he's British, he looks really good in black, and you just kind of go, okay. But is that enough? It gets to a point where it's not enough. Yeah. And anyway. I'm not saying the show has to be just Sam and Dean. I'm saying either do better with what you've got or bring in something new. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. You've got two great guys there, Mark and Misha. They can do a lot. Let them do more than what you're letting them do. Yeah. Yeah, and trust and trust your audience to to go with it. It's like we like Dean giving into the mark of Cain, but killing a bunch of people that deserved it. You know, it's like trust your audience to to go with this character if he had killed everyone down at the Dunkin' Donuts. You right, know, because you know what that nurse that nurse that Sam killed she did nothing. Yeah, she begged. That's she right. begged for her life, and we got past it. We understood. We understood yep. and we got past it. And you have to trust your audience in that same way, that you can take mm-hmm. your character deep and dark and bad and that we will we will still love a fallible character. You have to do that. You have to, like you said, you have to trust your audience. Because Rick you've Grimes. Been, you've been let, yeah. <laughs> you tore been, out you've been letting them jugular. Oh, that was so awesome, though. But you, you know, you, you get why horrible things, and like I said, we've come to the point where they don't even try to exercise; they just kill the vessel and move on. And you don't Mm -hmm. trust them to to be able to understand that Dean did something that he couldn't control. Yeah. It would have made Especially Sam... when you're showing me that he's... Yeah, especially when you tell me that Metatron has a line that says, you know, he's foaming out the mouth, you know, balls out, all this, mm-hmm. and which is a great line, by the way. Mm. Kind of weird when you actually picture it, but <laughs> don't do that. But a great line, but he's not actually, because he was able to stop himself from killing two killers, and now those mm-hmm. are off in the world still killing. So awesome. Good job, Dean. And he never has been a threat to Claire. He's not a threat to Sam. He's He's been hunting and he hasn't, they haven't shown me where he's almost killed a civilian. Mm-hmm. So again, basically you're showing me that he has a bizarre moral compass at best. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of on his compass's side right now. Yeah, I mean, let him let him give in, let him go crazy. Let's see how let's see how Sam deals with that, you know. (laughs) So, and how Dean gets through it. Anyway, we've got about four minutes or so left on our live air. Um, I just wanted to wish Dean Winchester a very happy birthday (laughs) because today is his birthday. Um, right after not National Friday. Highly not <laughs> but it's also Dylan Everett's birthday. 
So it is Dean's birthday twice. Because mm-hmm. uh, so Dylan Everett played happy, young Dean. Yes. So happy birthday to Dylan oh. Everett as well. Um, and and if I you want to see Dean our favorite Dean episodes, they're on our website. And I cannot believe Dean Winchester is 36 years old. Holy cow. Theoretically. Well, theoretically, that's how, but we don't know all the time jumps and years in hell. Yes, and well, yes, could, that's could, right. He could be. So who knows? He's only spent years in hell. He could be. you look good. Yeah, whether you're 30, could be 82. 36, <laughs> or whatever We're age you are. Really sure. yeah. Looking good, bro. Yep, looking damn fine. Damn fine. Uh, anything else about the episode? Any other news? Any other events? Um, um, nothing quite yet. A few things that we're working on. Stay tuned for those. But um, you'll see when they when it happens. Follow us on Misha. Twitter and Facebook to find out. Misha was on Access Hollywood this week. We've got the video for that on our website. Um, that's about all I think um, happened this week. Hope to everyone at Houston Con, be safe, have fun. Yep. Looking forward to Sunday. Looking forward to tomorrow. Day with the boys is always great. Um, we had a fun time with Nikki Acox last weekend, and her song I think is still. Is it still available to download? It was yep, really yep. cool. Yes. Yes. Whale and sure Crow. Is Whale and Crow. Wonderful. So you can go look for that, too, if you have not already. Totally worth it. And she was an awesome guest. We had lots of fun. Um, New episode Tuesday, so podcast next week. And I think that's last word. All right. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening. And we'll let the boys uh, play us out. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.